0: You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace.
1: Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk.
0: Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects.
2: Technology is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items
0: that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level.
2: Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably.
0: This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production Redefined. Are you ready to feel the power?
2: Hey, everybody. It's Shop Talk Friday. What's up? Oh, got Gurley back again. I mean, we gave them a little fever. They had their fill of that. They moved on wanting mm. some girlie. We're giving them a little girlie. Sprinkled a little bit of just the two of us in the middle. I mean, it seems like a recipe for... A lot of a lot of good information, honestly. We were just talking. I mean, Josh, repeat your comment, man. That you just made as we were waiting for this thing to kick off.
3: Yeah, I, I said if people would just take last week's episode and they would apply it in their business, they they would sell more of this stuff than they could count. I mean, really, it's 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 not that hard. And and, and we should we should literally charge for what we what we explained last week because it's. it's <laughs> I mean, it is like solid gold.
2: You know, you know what I found though. I found that even though I give it away for free, ninety nine percent of the people out there just aren't gonna. They're not gonna take action.
1: Period. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's great. Great segue into what you guys are going to talk about on the next one in terms of a five tool player. But I think I think the one percent of the people who will take action make up the majority of the people who listen to this because I get way too much feedback. That people are using one tip or trick here or there. And eventually, after they aggregate a few of them together, they, they pretty much changed how they approach things. So we were, we were up to our freaking neck in wedges and nowhere near finished. I mean, we just barely scratched the surface. So let's start going, uh, let's start backwards, working our way forwards. Start with Kyle this time. What's another one that you use, not to put you on the spot?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you can use the audit. Right. Um hundred percent. I've I've used that before. Um where and, and, you know, some of the times they bring it up um just over conversation. They'll ask if there is an audit. Obviously there is, but you know, um, yeah, absolutely. There's there's one at the end of the policy period. Just tell me about, you know, what your last audit looked like when you sat down with uh, with your current agent, um and, and kind of walk me through a little bit of that process and I, like almost every time, there was no process. There was no sit down. There was, uh, 100%, well,
2: and that's the thing, man. That's the key. I want everybody to hear this because that is one of my go to moves. Right, my the audit is going to happen. People hate the yeah, audit, right? But the people people hate the audit because they're not prepared for it. They've never mm-hmm. been prepared for it. The right, they don't way. understand they, it. They don't. Yeah. They don't get any support. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so the rate, way that I frame that is similar to what you just said. And, and I just basically say, hey, when, when your agent came out to help you prep for the audit last year and have everything ready, um, and then subsequently was there during the audit visit with the auditor to make sure that it was a smooth process, uh, what were the results of that? Right, Because I right. know the agent didn't prep them, and I know the agent didn't go sit through the audit. I go to every single audit for every single one of my clients. 100% of the time, mm-hmm. I'm there in person because there are a lot of things that get lost in translation, I mean I don't want to get into the nuances of it, but I mean there's like if you look at plumbers right there a lot of the carriers that will write a plumbing company have a yard code on the g l in addition, but the plumbers that are working in the yard are covered under the plumbing code on workers' comp if you're not there to show the difference between those two things. Mhm. You know, in, in an audit situation, you could end up with a nasty additional premium if they're slapping codes on policies or taking ones off or whatever else. Or worse, throwing everybody into a governing class code that really doesn't have any business to be there. But again, you know, that whole thing starts when you bring the account on the books. That's that's an onboarding issue for you. So, if you're going mm-hmm. to go in and talk about these things to drive the wedge, you got to make sure that you're going to have the things in place to onboard your client in the right manner as well. And and we do that through the spreadsheet that we put together for estimated um, audit premium on GL and workers' comp, you know, that we talk about, that I give every single one of my clients so that when they do their payroll audit, you know, for monthly self reporting at the end of the month, they can just, boom, pop it into the Excel spreadsheet. And they'll say, here's how much we used in comp, here's how much we used in GL. And by the way, here's what you projected for the year. Subtract the number that they used from it. Here's how much you have left to, to use based on what you essentially pre bought. Do we need to look at making a decision of, changing exposure in the middle of the year? Are we going to ride this thing out and have you accrue some cash on the side to make a lump sum payment for the audit? I don't know. It's up to you. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think the audit is one of the best, uh, the best wedges that's out there. I mean, it's part of our marketing automation series. I mean, we even have a specific email that goes out to people that maybe, you know, they made it on our list. They signed up for something and we're sending them emails every month and uh, they get a an actual audit kit from us, and without going in, without going into all the the long drawn out details about what's remuneration and what's not, officer payroll and different things like that. But but you know from that standpoint, there are a lot of things that go on inside of the audit. And and for everybody that's listening, I mean, we talk about work comp a lot, but to not pay attention to to work comp is crazy. I mean, it's only a six page policy. We talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's six page policy. But it's all the other stuff that's surrounding it, all the stuff in the basic manual. I mean, it's just what I mean, there's like, you know, fifteen different types of things that are remuneration and are not remuneration. And it's like this is what's excluded and this is what's not excluded. And I mean there's so many different things that you can help with at the time of the audit. And it always happens, it's not I don't think that marketing automation drips are the, the, the bees, knees, and end-all be-all, but it's certainly air support, right, for the ground troops, um, as my partner Waylon would say. But the, the truth like is, is every single year, it happens one or two times where somebody downloads the audit kit. I give them a call, and I say, hey, um, I know your insurance just expired. You're having your audit now. Is there anything I can do to help? And they and they say, "Oh, it's funny you called." I downloaded your audit kit. Well, that's, that's <laughs> no <what> way, <laughs> no way. That's convenient.
1: And,
2: yeah, same, same thing for us, man. I wrote an ebook on how to how to prepare for an audit. Right, that gives like and it does go into the detail. These are the things that are in remuneration. This isn't. Here's how you need to prep this for the auditor to make sure that it's a smooth exchange of information for them. Because if you want a bad audit, hand them sloppy data. Right. I mean. Put that thing in front of them with a nice, neat ribbon on top of it, and you're look. And if it's a specific auditor that Kyle and I know about, <laughs> slide a bottle of Dickel in on the side because he's gonna he's gonna take that and take, deal with it first. Uh, that audit's gonna come out, you know, just pristine every time. And, and hey, schedule
3: it schedule it on a Friday at four o'clock.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's
3: a, I, t- I think that's a pretty good approach.
2: Hundred percent. So we were talking. We both just sort of jumped all over Kyle on the audit one, which is a good one. It's one I use every time. What about what? What's another one you use, Josh? So hope you don't steal mine.
3: Well, I'm going to talk about the margin clause. But all right, do it. Yeah, without without making this a CIC class or anything like that. um, Here's the basic premise. Okay, is and this is kind of goes to the point about being a five tool player, knowing more than just than just workers comp, but. If you, if you think about insurance, okay, and especially property insurance, it's all about managing expectations. It's kind of like, if you were to have a, a a property claim, in this case, what is going to happen? Okay? And so there are certain ways that you can set up property policies where you may or may not know what's going to happen, okay, based on what happens at the time of the loss. And it's all about setting those expectations. And the way that I like to frame it is when we set up your uh, property program, we're going to tell the insurance company what's going to happen in advance of the claim. Okay? And so the 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 kind of the one-liner that, you, that goes with that is is you're going through a minefield, field, and if you step on a mine, which is a claim, do you want the insurance company to show up with a pen and a check, or do you want them to show up with a forensic accountant, and and that's really the crux of, of the issue when it comes to property insurance. And so, one of the things that we talk about, especially when somebody has a blanket pilot, a blanket property policy, um, and they have agreed amount, there's a couple things. Right, you look for the margin clause, which the margin clause is going to say something to the effect of. Hey, you have all these buildings that are, are on this schedule for this location, but based on your statement of values, we're only going to pay uh 120% or 125% of whatever's on your statement of values. So, what that mm-hmm. means is that the entire blanket limit of insurance that you purchase is not actually available to you, and that's why they call it a margin clause. Okay? And then the other thing is and a lot of people don't know this, is when you have uh, a blanket agree amount, it says that you have to have a signed statement of values on file with the company. So just because you have these things that are on your policy that we all think are good, if you don't have these little gotchas, right, the signed statement Mm -hmm. of values, and you have to have that margin clause removed, so actually get the full blanket limit that that you're going for and so I think a lot of times uh, agents can can overlook those things they can just forget to have those statement of value signed every single year and a lot of times people don't even know what a margin clause is I mean I had an insurance underwriter the other day and I was asking them I said hey you put a margin clause on this thing and they said what's a margin clause and I mean and after I mean after I got done falling out of my chair and getting back up and sitting down again <laughs> i i I was just I was dumbfounded right and it's almost an automatic like dismissal because if if you don't know what that is I mean you have no business writing thirty million dollars
1: yeah that's interesting for for an underwriter to come back with
3: yeah and uh, one of the things I learned early in my career was that uh you know somebody that had been in the business for forty years that you know she 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 was an account manager and she said, Now Josh, you have to remember that they don't always give you what you ask for. Right? That's why you have to check your policy. And the the really important thing is and I want to caution everybody on this, is that with the increased cost of construction materials, everybody yeah. really needs to be reevaluating their blanket limits and need to be reevaluating. I mean, even if you have co insurance. I mean, because coinsurance is just what do you have versus, you know, what, what should you have and, or, or what you have over what you should have. And then, and then you multiply that out. Well, if, it, if you're at 80%, truly 80%, and let's just say it's a million dollar building and you have an insured for 800,000 with the increased cost of building materials, like you're in trouble. On That's your, a great point. On, on your yeah. Load,
1: I mean, load. what you can sell the building for versus what it's going to cost to rebuild is not the same thing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And then I could go on a long tangent about debris removal being included in the building limit and how, you know... Yeah, I was just going to
2: say, man, it's like not even... People don't even think about that in replacement costs. You've got debris removal, demolition Mm -hmm. of the undamaged portion in the building. It goes into a bunch of different things, man. And I mean, again, property is a huge one. I'm going to piggyback off of that for a second. I was actually going to talk about my next wedge being certificates because I think that's another easy one that's low-hanging fruit that really just boils down to, do you actually service your clients or not? Or do you give Mm -hmm. them an opportunity for a self-service portal like we do, which many prefer. But I want to talk a little bit about people not understanding how the deductible works on their property. right? Like most people, when you're looking at a property schedule, they don't. If you go to a client right now, and I I know this is rudimentary stuff, but you need to understand this because this is how your how your prospects think. A question that I ask people all the time is, "Let's let's do a little scenario. I'm interested in how you interpret this, and I'm not doing it to make you be defensive. I, I want you to be honest because we found this to be an issue in many of the clients and prospects that we go to visit." And I'm I'm just interested. You've got ten million dollars worth of property values scheduled here. If you have a ten thousand dollar loss, and your win deductible is five percent, how much is your deductible? Right.
1: Right. They most don't of the time under- they're gonna yeah. Go ahead. yeah.
2: They don't understand that their deductible is a percentage of their total insurable values. They think it's a percentage of the loss. Mm -hmm. Or they may think that it's a percentage of just that specific thing. And the question is, go back and read the policy. It, It could be different, especially in Florida, where you're dealing in excess and surplus lines. They may cap it per premises. They may cap it per location on the premises. They may be total insurable values all around. but. If you write property insurance and you're not like somebody who's a property specialist, I do not classify myself as a property specialist. Personally, any property that I write is incidental to the other operations of the business because property's commoditized to me. It's very difficult to go in and demonstrate value on property. That being said, I'm also in Florida and I have to know enough about it to be able to answer questions and ask questions. And I think talking to people about their deductible is huge. And it's not limited to the wind hail deductible. It could be business income, right? What's 72 hours mean? What does, you know, is it it working hours? Is it 24-hour time periods? Because that's what's in the day. Again, go back and read your policy.
3: Yeah, I mean, utility service, direct damage. I mean, you know, there's so much in there. I mean, but I think the specific question for the wedge, and again, I didn't want to turn it into a CIC class or anything like that, but... But to me, the, the specific question, if, if you are talking about property is, is just saying, if you were to have a property claim, um, what would you expect to happen? Right? And, and to me, and then you just let them talk. And then if you, and, and if they say something that's wrong, right? Then you're, then, then the response is, hey, I totally understand how you would feel that way. Is it cool with you if I tell you what will actually happen based on the contracts that you have, and and let's just compare those two things. And many times, many times, the picture that I paint is very bleak because sometimes what people will do, even like like in Florida, like lower value property, they'll say, we'll say they'll say, well, it's a one percent, you know, wind and hill or or a hundred thousand dollars, right? Whichever is greater. So, mm-hmm. if you were to have a million dollar building, they might say we're going to give you a, a you know one or two percent, which is which is twenty grand, or or a hundred thousand, which is which is whatever is greater. And so, like you'll see people, and they'll say, oh well, I got a two percent wind deductible, so my wind deductible is twenty thousand, and they don't understand the second half of that portion that, that says. Or whatever is greater. And so I think with property, you can really just drive that wedge by saying, you know, what would you expect to happen you know, versus what is actually going to happen? And, mm. uh, and I spend a lot of time, you know, in manufacturing. Uh, so having those property conversations and those business income conversations are, are things that we talk about a lot. I mean, non insurance related reciprocal agreements. Uh, are things that we talk about a lot. And even for, you know, an insurance agent, I mean, I, I was talking to somebody and, you know, this person's on my prayer list and I, I won't say his name, but, but he was, he was diagnosed with, with cancer and it's, it's a two person insurance agency. Hmm. And he's, he came to me and he said, what what do I need to do in order to have my book service? And it's a, it's a fairly low grade cancer, but he's going to be out for some of the time. And it just hit me. I was like, I've, you know, I, I can help you find a reciprocal in your in your area that can help you service that. But you know, and and I just hope and pray that he's going to be he's going to be okay. But my point is is even on the property side. I mean, there's so many different wedges. I think that you can go into related to disaster recovery, reciprocal agreements, you know, different things like that. And um, you know, for me at least in what I do in the, the accounts that I'm involved in is such a big deal to them on what would happen if my building burned down. Right. And I mean, I have business income limits that are up to $20 million on some of my policies. Um, so, you know, it's just something that I have to pay a lot of attention to. Uh, you know, if you're in the construction industry, probably not something that you pay a whole lot of attention to, um, you know, but probably what Dave is going to talk about was certificates and, and additional insured endorsements and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's tons of wedges there. But I will say, for property, if you're in that space, there's a lot there that you can go through. With
2: yeah, 100%. 100%. And yeah, with certificates, it's really all I have to do is say, Tell, talk to me a little bit about certificates of insurance. Is that a challenge for you? That's it. Yeah. That is going to get somebody going <laughs> for the rest of the meeting if you let it. That's why I like it. You know, it, it's simple. It's something easy to talk about. And it's something that we all have the ability of controlling. so True. Before we wrap up, anything that we forgot I mean, I feel like we could do another whole episode on this if we wanted to. I'm going to say cricket says no. We're good. I think we're good.: Sweet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for wedges. I'm on vacation next week. You got the beard and well, you got double beards next double week. It doesn't shave. that's good the testosterone level instantly go up in my absence
1: Uh, everybody uh,
2: (laughs) everybody have a great weekend see ya